If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 683. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. This is B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. Support the show by going to McClanahanAcademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class, 10 Myths of American History, when you do enroll, and purchase one or 20 of my courses there. It's great win-win. You get great content, and you keep this podcast free of charge. Also, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, click on the Super Thanks button under the video. You can throw a few pennies my way. Click on the Support tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Throw a few pennies my way that way. Or become a member or subscriber at Anchor.fm to the show. You can throw a few pennies my way that way. You can also purchase my logo and all kinds of cool stuff by clicking on the Shop tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Lots of great ways to support the show. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Share it around on social media. Send me those show requests. Get engaged with the show. Now, I want to talk about this uh, situation with the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Now, uh, I'm not going to talk about the FBI. I know a lot of people are on to that and the abuse of power uh, potentially from the FBI. And there was a video circulating around from Ron Paul many, many, a uh, couple of decades ago where he was talking about, in fact, probably 30 years ago, where he was talking about uh, potential abuse from the FBI and the CIA. And we know that these organizations are designed for clandestine activity, even against American citizens. But that's not the point. I want to focus on what the potential crime is here and give you some historical perspective on this. It's almost laughable what uh, Trump could be potentially charged with in this particular case. And it also applies to, to Hillary Clinton as well. Though in her situation, I think it's much more, um, much more dangerous for national security. She was Secretary of State and destroyed thousands and thousands of subpoena documents uh, by wiping the server, and of course, keeping a home server so she could do things on the side and also uh, destroying materials like that. Um, I think in her particular situation, when foreign policy is the only thing that she was in charge of while she was in the Clinton, I'm sorry, in the, uh, in the Obama administration, um, that, is, uh, that is much more egregious, uh, egregious violation of uh, record keeping than anything Trump did. In fact, the only thing that these people want to get out of Trump, essentially, is did he write down stuff about insurrection, right? I mean, this is what it comes down to. Uh, did he write down names? Did he, did he put things out there that could be, uh, could be uh, used in this January 6th show trial? So I want to focus on, there's a, there was a piece in the Washington Examiner on this that brought up this issue of records keeping, and that was a potential disqualification for office. Now, even the attorney that said this walked it back, and he walked it back because there would be some serious constitutional questions here. And what I mean by that is that um, the qualifications, as he admits for president, are spelled out in the Constitution, 
And this would have to be, you know, you, you would almost have to get this uh, Trump disqualified under the 14th Amendment if you were going to do it, not under some, you know, sunshine law, essentially, which is what this is. And we were talking about a sunshine law here. Now, in, the idea of sunshine laws is to prevent corruption uh, in government. And we know, right? I mean, one of the things the founding generation was worried about, and one of the things they thought was an impeachable offense, at least when they spelled it out during ratification, was corruption. And... Uh, I mean, this is something that's very, very serious charge. We don't want corruption in government. And uh, the sunshine laws, of course, are designed to prevent corruption because you have to do everything out in the open. Uh, one of the great, one of my favorite presidents, Grover Cleveland, was, was really good on this. You know, when he was governor of New York, he would hold meetings in his office and keep the door open. And people would come in and try to bribe him and do things. And he would speak very loudly so everyone could hear what was going on in the meetings so that he would expose corruption. We know the Republican Party in the late 19th century was so corrupt that the purists, people like Charles Sumner, bolted the party. People like Horace Greeley, they left the party because they could see that it was just a, 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 a den of corruption, a bunch of snakes, reptiles. I mean, this is what the Democrats have been calling them for years. So the purists got out for at least for a time and then came back in once they thought the corruption was cleaned up. But I don't think it ever, was ever really cleaned up. I mean, the Republican Party was corrupt during the 1860s. It was corrupt during the 1850s. And Sumner was an ideologue, and my next class at McLean Academy is going to be radical Republicans, and I'm going to focus on people like Charles Sumner and Thad Stevens and all these radicals, and what they said about things while they were in uh, in Congress, uh, and how they how they defined America, what they thought about government, and all these kinds. Of, so it's going to be a great class because I think that people don't really know how much of our history is tied into what the radical Republicans said about America in the 1850s and 60s. How much of our perception of America is driven by those individuals? And that, of course, is one of the great coups in American history, the radical Republicans. So th that's a side note. But corruption was always around. And even Hamilton talks about this, right? You know, he was the, the famous dinner meeting or infamous dinner meeting when, uh, you know, John Adams says, well, look, if it wasn't for corruption, you know, we'd have a great constitution. And Hamilton's response was, no, 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 sir. Corruption made the British Constitution great, or the British Constitution would be great if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the corruption. And Hamilton said, no, corruption is what made it great. Hamilton always wanted a little corruption because the corruption drove people. It drove the engine of things, right? People trying to get around the system. So fast forward into the 20th century, and of course we have all of these things happening in America. You have the Cold War, you've got World War II, you have all this stuff happening, right? But the Cold War is the big one. The Cold War is the big one. The Cold War is the big one because... Uh, there is all this discussion about you know infiltration in government and uh, fifth columns and uh, you know communist uh, communist uh, influence in government and so uh, it wasn't the idea was to try to root this out by ensuring that records were properly kept that was on the surface that's what the argument was we need to make sure that the president keeps all the records and the, these people in office keep all their records you can't destroy this stuff. Uh, you can't flush it down the toilet, which is, of course, there's images now of Trump flushing or somebody flushing stuff down a toilet. Could have been Trump, but uh, with, with handwritten notes. So what we've done, essentially, is criminalize taking notes and not passing them on to the principal. I mean, this is, this is what's happening, right? The bureaucracy, the deep state, this is, this, is, this is prime for bureaucrats. They love this stuff because the bureaucracy, the pencil pushers, the papal shufflers, these people want to make sure that you have every single piece of paper, so ostensibly to prevent corruption, but more importantly, 
to backtrack what you've done and actually get you. These are gotcha things, right? This is what the design of this is. Now, a lot of this stuff is kept under lock and key at the National Archives for a certain amount of time. And maybe historic. well, we don't keep these things. Historians can't properly document things. We know that people stole stuff out of the National Archives all the time. And of course, as the piece I'm going to go into uh, says, most people are never prosecuted for this. They just hand the stuff back over and everything's okay. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, go on your way. You might get a fine or maybe you can't go research at the National Archives or something, but you're not thrown in jail for it, right? But that's the design here, to make sure that people can get people. Uh, this is bureaucracy being the nanny state. It's the nanny state with uh, elected officials. I mean, this is what's happening. Now, to give you some historical perspective, I will in a second when, when I get through some of the piece, because uh, this is a new, a new process in America, something that was I mean, would have been scoffed at by, uh, by members of the founding generation, even into the 19th century. So this is from the Washington Examiner. Trump disqualified from holding office. Clinton-linked lawyer points to U.S. code after FBI raid. With news of the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago, buzz quickly uh, bubbled up Monday evening about whether former President Donald Trump could be disqualified from holding office again. The FBI search of the Florida resort was related to Trump's handling of presidential records, including classified documents after leaving office, sources told CNN. The search warrant was connected to the National Archives, a senior government official told NBC News. So this is all about records that Trump possibly had at Mar-a-Lago, and they show up with you know machine guns and everything else to try to go and bust his safe open and get some boxes of stuff out of Mar-a-Lago. Again, the idea is to get Trump, right, to, to find some way I mean, this is really searching in the dark now. We're, we're trying to find something. They know that there's not really enough evidence. Uh, in the January 6th is not produced enough. It's all, it's all suspicion. Even Jonathan Turley points this out. There's not really much action here. It's all discussion. So if Trump's taking notes, a note can now be used as evidence that Trump was doing something wrong. But of course, he never acted on any of this, really. I mean, none of this. Right, so that's the point. They know they have nothing. They know they all that they're doing is just tarnishing his name. Well, this guy was thinking about this. Well, when is thinking about something actually a crime? It's not. Only if you act on it, then it becomes a crime. Now, remember, I talked about this on Monday. Suspicion of something now can be used for indefinite detention in America. Suspicion. So there's suspicion that he was doing this. There's suspicion. This is where we're we're criminalizing thoughts. In the United States. And this is where this stuff gets a little bit crazy. The piece continues. Such reporting had Mark Ellis, the top uh, Elias, I'm sorry, Mark Elias, the top lawyer for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, who was drawn uh, scrutiny for his role in pushing Trump Russia collusion claims, pointing to U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071, quote, The media is missing the really, really big reason why the raid today is a potential blockbuster in American politics, Elias said in a tweet. The first subsection says, whoever willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or destroys, or attempts to do so, or with intent to do so, takes and carries away any record, proceeding, map, book, paper, document, or other thing, filed or deposited with any clerk or officer of any court of the United States, or in any public office, or with any judicial or public officer of the United States, shall be fined under this title, or imprisoned not more than three years, or both. The following passage then that says anyone, quote, having the custody of any such record, proceeding map, book, document, paper, or other thing, willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. 
and shall forfeit his office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States, was the one Elias highlighted. The former federal prosecutor, Harry Lippman, argued Elias made a huge point about the record provision the Justice Department appears to be investigating. So this could be the whole enchilada in terms of DOJ resolution, he said. So these are two little lefty lawyers running around saying, here we go, we got him, we got Trump. Look at what we got, we got Trump. Uh, and they're, they're bitter over what happened in 2016 with the FBI. They're bitter about it. Look, this is payback. They know that Hillary Clinton lost in 2016 because of this kind of stuff, right? People didn't trust her. Now, Hillary Clinton was a horrible candidate, and she, she I mean, look, the Democrats, uh, you know, stepped in it. But Hillary Clinton lost, in their mind, in 2016 because of this kind of stuff, because of the server, because of uh, the accusations made by the FBI in the last days of the campaign. This is why she lost. So what they're trying to do is, is dredge this stuff up so that they can get Trump and they can get back at Trump. Because they think this is, I mean, this is it. The, the, these people have such bad Trump derangement syndrome, they're really missing the bigger picture in America, which is Americans don't really like these kind of um, spineless weasels. They don't like them. They think they're silly. They think they're stupid. And they want them away from government, right? That's the. I think the majority of Americans are in that position. They look at these people as just a bunch of you know blobs, um, and uh, they're missing that you know Trump in, in so many ways. Trump was um, just a conduit. You know, make America great again comes from decades ago, right? This is something that's bigger than Trump. I mean, uh, if you take my Southern Cultural Intellectual History class at McLeanahan Academy, I talk about it in the fourth class. Pat Buchanan and his Make America Great Again speech in 1992. Uh, I mean, it was a huge deal. And of course, I get into uh, Jimmy Carter's Malay speech, which is, you know what? Make America Great Again. This is what it's all about. If you go back to George Wallace and you, and you read what Wallace was saying in 68 and 72, it's Make America Great Again. That's what it is. And uh, people don't realize that the movement Make America Great Again is bigger than Trump himself. So you can take out Trump. Uh, now, again, some people have pointed out by doing that, uh, what you're going to do, of course, is create an among, among his, among his uh, followers and people that support Trump. They're going to look at this as petty and they're going to energize because of this. I think that's true. I think people are really going to get fired up over this if Trump is uh, disqualified from holding office because of some technicality like this. But you've got the true believers. If you go on social media and you look at the tweets and you look at all the replies and everything, you've got the true believers out there that believe that this is the smoking gun. This is going to get Trump and it's going to take him out and make America great again is going to die. And all of these MAGA people are going to go away. They're go it's all going to be discredited. There's nothing to it. It's all just a call to personality. Or I would say it's actually something much different. This is uh, people actually acting on the ideas behind this um, and uh, the symbolism behind it more than anything else than just Trump the man. Now, Trump is funny. Trump says funny things. He makes great speeches. He's, he's very engaging with the crowd. I mean, that's, that's part of it. But the whole idea is bigger than Trump. The piece continues, MSNBC contributor Frank Figaluzzi, who served formerly as the assistant director for counterintelligence at the FBI, offered some words of caution. Quote, first I want to caution people. The majority of people in these cases, if we're indeed correct that this is largely about a National Archives case, they don't get charged. But then again, the majority of the people turn over their documents, he told 
uh, MSNBC host Lawrence O'Donnell. Convictions under U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071 were previously debated during the 2016 presidential cycle after former Attorney General Michael Mukasey argued in 2015 that Hillary Clinton would be disqualified from holding office if convicted over erasing materials from a private email server she used while serving as Secretary of State. After legal scholars, the same kind of people that we're talking about here that think Trump should be gotten, push back on the assertion, particularly with the view that applying the statute to presidential candidates would be unconstitutional, Mukasey walked back his comments. Quote, The disqualification provision in Section 2071 may be a measure of how seriously Congress took the violation in question and how seriously we should take it. But that's all it is, he said in an email to Eugene Volko, a professor at the University of California, L.A. School of Law, as reported by Snopes. Despite Elias's tweet on Trump going viral, the lawyer, lawyer acknowledged in a follow-up missive the legal quandary at play. Quote, Yes, I recognize the legal challenge that at application of this law to a president would garner since qualifications are set in the Constitution. But the idea that a candidate would have to litigate this during a campaign is, in my view, a blockbuster in American politics. Allies of Trump expressed suspicion that the raid was part of a political move meant to ward off another presidential run, something Trump has strongly hinted he will partake in for 2024. Steve Bannon, a former White House aide who, pardoned, who was pardoned by Trump, noted Elias' tweet during a call on Fox News. Quote, they are, absolute, they are absolutely petrified Trump is going to announce in a couple of weeks when the Republican nomination win the White House, Bannon said. Under the Presidential Records Act of 1978, again... We're talking about Cold War politics. Presidential administrations are required to preserve certain documents. This is 1978. That's where I'm going to get into the historical background of this. So we're only talking about a law that's been in place for less than 50 years. right? Less than 50 years. In fact, uh, just a shade over 40 years, right? 40, what? Uh, 44 years? That's it? 44 years. The National Archives and Records Administration said presidential records in 15 boxes attained from Mar-a-Lago earlier this year included materials marked as classified national security information. The agency also asked the Justice Department to investigate whether Trump had violated federal law with his handling of records. Because NARA identified classified information in the boxes, NARA staff has been in communication with the Department of Justice. David Ferriero, the archivist of the U.S. at the time, wrote in a letter to Congress. The Justice Department and the FBI declined to comment on the Mar-a-Lago search on Monday. Announcing the FBI's raid on his resort, Trump said, quote, After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024. And I think that last phrase is, is true, right? I mean, this is they're trying to keep Trump from running because they don't want Trump to win. Um... Now, here's the thing, and this is where uh, I'm going to give you some... 1978 is when this was passed. So in, in the context of the Cold War, this is during the Carter administration, right? This, that's, when it, that's when it happens. Uh, we've got Cold War problems in America. You've got the Soviet Union becoming much more aggressive. But this is, this is recent, right? This is recent. Abraham Lincoln, the man everyone loves to, uh, to say is uh, you know, the most important guy. Abraham Lincoln... Uh, when he died, his son burned Lincoln documents, burned them in the fireplace, destroyed them, destroyed documents like crazy. Why? Because he knew that some of these documents would be damning evidence that Lincoln was not the saint and the demigod that Democrats were making him out to be. So this is the real issue, right? And, and throughout the founding period, 
We've had many, many documents gone missing. I mean, people don't even know. Look, Jefferson and Madison in 1798. Now, these are public officials. Jefferson was vice president of the United States at the time. The Virginia-Kentucky resolutions. Some of these materials were burned. Right? Burned. Um, the, the idea that every elected official needs to keep every scrap of paper, every note they take in meetings, everything. And, and if you've ever worked for any kind of government agency um, and you go and you go to committees or meetings, or whatever, they tell you, you got to keep everything. Every note you take now has to be kept. All this comes out of a desire, and it comes because, it, because of litigation, to ensure that you can, one, CYA, right? I mean, that's a big thing. Like if you're in a meeting and uh, something's said or not said, you've got documents, this is written down, you've got a CYA. Okay, well, we didn't actually say this. If somebody is, if there's a lawsuit or a litigation, we didn't actually do this. We didn't say this. It's a CYA. So, I mean, you can see why some people want to do this. Uh, on the other hand, the, the, when you talk about politicization of these things, which I think Trump is entirely correct, you're politicizing meetings and notes. And the other side, this is very, very dangerous. The other side can come in, look at these things, because they have access to these documents that we don't have, and they can say, well, this was illegal, this was illegal, this was illegal, they shouldn't, be doing, they shouldn't have said this, whatever it was. And they can do their best to try to harm these people politically for upcoming elections. This is the point. And I, I don't think you can get around that. If you look at this, this situation historically, again, uh, FDR. Let's go back to FDR. I can guarantee you there were documents, notes, and other things. We didn't preserve any of that stuff from FDR that would have probably shown that FDR was not the really good guy that the lefty historians like to make him out to be. And of course, all the conservatives jump on board with the FDR train because of World War II. I can almost guarantee you that's the case, that FDR would be shown to be a pretty corrupt individual. Um, we know, I mean, John T. Flynn, writing about the FDR administration, said that at one point, the Congress passed a rolled-up newspaper. There was nothing, not even a bill, right? So there's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scenes that nobody has any records about. Same thing with the Truman administration. I can, I mean, look, this is why the phone calls during the Nixon administration, the Johnson administration, when they recorded all these phone calls are so important because really for the first time, you start seeing, you get behind the curtain and what's being discussed with the president and members of Congress and uh, other people, other you know political operatives. You start seeing and hearing what's going on behind the curtain. And this is you know some of the damning things that were said about Johnson uh, when it comes to the Vietnam War. I mean, so we have records of this. But this is where all this stuff starts coming from. People want to politicize these things. And not just that, they want to have the records so uh, they can get them, right? I mean, or they can protect themselves. You know, if, if somebody made an accusation of Trump and he, he said, this is what Trump said in a meeting, well, I've got a document here that's saying that didn't happen. I've got notes that that didn't happen, whatever it is, right? So the, the whole idea is to actually use the documents one way or the other. It's a CYA or to try to get someone. So preserving all these documents, and of course, they're going to say, well, it's just things dealing with foreign policy. It's just classified information. That's all we're really looking for here. We don't really care about the notes, handwritten notes, things like that. We don't care about that stuff. Yes, they do. And they do because of the pictures of the toilets with the notes in the toilet. That could have been, oh, this is it right now. This shows that Trump was hiding information. He's ripping stuff up and throwing it away. And he should have, he should have preserved those things. That stuff should have been preserved for the National Archives. All his handwritten notes should have been preserved. Why? You're now criminalizing note-taking. 
So, uh, I mean, at some point, maybe just go and you don't take notes. Uh, I mean, this is this is where we are, right? You, you just, you're criminalizing note-taking, somebody jotting down their thoughts. A journal now could be, you know, we have James K. Polk writing his journal. Well, if Polk had kept a journal and then discarded it, would, after 1978, he was president, would he been guilty of, uh, of, of violating some type of records law for the United States government? This stuff is silly. It's, it's pure bureaucracy. Uh, but this is where we are in 2022 and how, how dangerous this is getting uh, for American politics. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Look, it doesn't matter if you're the Democrats, Republicans. It doesn't matter. Uh, this kind of stuff can be used as a weapon against your political opponents, and that's very, very dangerous. Um, so we need to think about that as we, as we, again, navigate through all the bureaucracy and everything else. The bureaucracy is scared of Trump, and they're scared of Make America Great Again because it was, at least on the surface, an attack on this new fourth leg of government, which is bureaucracy. And bureaucracy is not going to go down without a fight. They're not going to go down without swinging pretty hard and going after people, uh, particularly if jobs are on the line and other things. I mean, this is, this is important. Uh, but you should you should be scared of this if you're a Republican or a Democrat and what it can be how it can be used against you in the future uh, if if the other party's in power. Uh, Hillary Clinton saw it firsthand. Donald Trump has seen this payback for Trump. So we're going to see you know where this goes from here. Uh, I don't think personally much is going to come out of this. Uh, I don't think um, that um, Trump is going to have any more legal ramifications for this than he would have before this happened. And I think the political capital that Trump is going to gain out of this among his followers is bigger than what the Democrats can contain. And that is the real takeaway from this stuff. And I, I, again, moving forward into 2024, if Trump does decide to run again, uh, I don't know that uh, it's really going to stop anyone. I mean, if they, can't, if they can't disqualify him, Trump is going to be a very formidable candidate against Joe Biden. Uh, and, and Biden's record is pretty abysmal. And people are upset about inflation. They're upset about all kinds of things in the United States. But um, and the and what they're perceiving as a far leftward lurch in American society. American American society is not far left. It's maybe center left. And Trump, in many ways, is a center leftist. I mean, I've said this before on this program. He's not an old conservative. He's a center leftist in some ways. Uh, but uh, that's where um, that's where we're going with 2024. All right. See you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.